0: It was a simple plan. All the man had to do was list his friend as the beneficiary on his life insurance, fake his death in a chemical explosion, and then allow the widow to cash out on the policy. What could go wrong? Stay tuned to find out on The Reluctant Historian. everybody i'm liz lawson and this is our reluctant historian
1: Dakota lawson
0: i got really excited there this is the podcast where i try to show my husband that history is actually cool so if you love history or
1: you absolutely hate it
0: this podcast is for you we would like to begin by recognizing that we are recording on treaty six territory and the homeland of the metis nation we make this acknowledgement in recognition that we are settlers here on the land that belongs to the many different first nations of turtle island all right coda What are we talking about?
1: So, a scheme of some sort. A money-making scheme. A money-making
0: scheme.
1: A money-making scheme. scheme, So, I'm trying to remember exactly what you said. Something about this dude. He wanted to start a fire.
0: Chemical explosion.
1: Chemical explosion. There's something about his best friend. A friend. A friend. (laughs) Just putting words in your mouth. Um, Always. And... Making him the beneficiary? See. Okay. So he's trying to cut his wife out of this because he's a cowboy who loves his best friend. (laughs) Welcome to part two of gay cowboys. That's
0: right. No. Uh, Actually, today we are going to be talking about the man who is known as one of America's first serial killers for our wicked wednesdays
1: wicked wednesdays
0: yes who would allegedly lure his victims into his hotel which was dubbed murder castle during the chicago world's fair in 1893 the man known as h.h holmes
1: h.h homo (laughs) no no holmes holmes uh so wait so so he was a serial killer yes this wasn't about tax fraud or
0: something like, or well, uh, getting a uh, we'll get beneficiary.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Yeah. Also, so I started researching this murder castle um, the day after you said murder house to me in your oh. sleep.
1: Oh. Well, I guess we got to share that. <laughs> we got to share that story.
0: Yeah. So um, we were sleeping, and I was just dozing off, and it was all quiet, and then all of a sudden I hear. Oh, so And I was like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) So I like shook Koda away because obviously when he's whispering murder house to me, I'm going to be scared. And so he was like... I I was like, "You're talking in your sleep," and he's like, "Was I?" I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So yeah, he was saying it in that like really high pitched voice, and I was like, "Are you even awake?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm awake." I'm sorry. I was like, "Oh, okay." So anyways, he falls back asleep, and I was like, "Well, I'm scared now because I think my husband's going to fucking murder me." And then um, so we, I was falling asleep again, and I was just dozing off again, and I hear. I shook him awake again, and I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, huh? Huh? "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." <laughs> Anyways, so that was the first night, and then the second night, he just started laughing in his sleep, like. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> so for basically two nights, I thought my husband was possessed, and I thought I was gonna die. So. Well,
1: I, I don't know if you should let go of that thought. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, but the fun part was you didn't even remember it. Yeah, I
1: have no recollection of any of this happening. Yeah. So, so even though
0: he said he was awake when I shook him awake and asked him plenty of times, are you even awake?
1: Well, I'm a... um, Now, I've been known as a chronic two things. Masturbator. A chronic masturbator <laughs> and a chronic liar. Mm. So... um. I was doing both of those at the same time at this time. <laughs> it was like murder house.
0: ooh, ooh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well. So, so you were going re- to do a murder castle? What was it called? It was well, called?
0: okay. So this guy, H.H. H. Holmes, he like yeah. built this a three-story building. Top of it was going to be an apartment or a hotel, sorry. Yeah. Um, and people called it murder castle because of the stuff that he did. But yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it is cool. So, what's your golden nugget?
1: I, I might have ADHD. That is a golden In, nugget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah instead, both
0: of us are exploring this yeah, first. Yeah,
1: yeah, instead of uh, what I've always thought, which was anxiety and depression.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, just been, you know, uh, ex- kind of exploring that, you know, learning more about it and, and finding that I have a lot of the similar traits of someone who would have ADHD. And, you know, I'm not... A lot of my anxiety and depression is very situational to what's happening during the day, and it's very fleeting. It can leave at any time. Like I can be, my moods can go from happy to mad to sad to happy. At the flick of a penis. Stop <laughs> it! <laughs> I'm having a
0: serious moment here, you.
1: Oh, yeah, but you know, I I can't have a serious moment. Uh, so yeah, just gonna talk to my doctor, and I mean see if i can maybe get on adhd medication and maybe feel some what of normalcy in my
0: life yeah yeah so
1: and you're exploring that as well you're gonna yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly i mean i for me don't necessarily think that i need to be on meds but i would love to be off of my depression medicine. yeah
1: absolutely um i mean Especially if it's not. Yeah, if doing I don't actually anything. have depression. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, just uh, so basically, I've been like, I've I've been taking these these pills for the past like seven, seven, years. seven years now, and it's like it's been like, uh, hey, uh, you uh you actually don't have d- depression anxiety, but we're gonna give you the uh, the side effect. I also can't cry, which is like. Whenever I would switch, because I would switch medications, every once in a while. I remember a couple years ago, I did it. I've done it a number of, like, three or four times. Yeah, try whatever. and find one, because right. I think, like, yeah. you t-
0: alluded to, like, you would like to feel...
1: Something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I remember uh, going off of my medication, and then all of a sudden, the waterworks came on as I was watching The Vow, uh, which is, like, one of my favorite movies. I know. You hate The Vow. but. Yeah. I just think it's a beautiful movie.
0: (laughs) Well, he always like threatens to vow me if I ever lose my memory. Seriously,
1: watch The Vow. It's a really good movie with Channing Tatum.
0: And Tatiana Maslany.
1: Yes. Who is she, Hulk? But what is your golden nugget?
0: Oh, man. I... Yes, I have a golden nugget. I did a presentation for my uh, work peers, 4,000 teachers of the Saskatoon Teachers Association. I don't know if all 4,000 of them watched, but...
1: I I think there was even more
0: people there. Probably, yeah. Um, So I presented on why we should use video games in the classroom as a resource. And it went really well. And I kind of feel like a bit of a boss babe
1: you're a tra- you're a trailblazer in your industry is how i look at it it's so
0: weird because i don't really see myself as that but i've had a lot of people yeah. say that
1: and you don't want that you know des- you don't you want to just be content with doing your thing but yes i, I want d- i want you to be a boss babe as you put it i
0: know i just want to like go in teach be done and be like but yeah but mm, you're, you're not- i was made for greatness you were <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you're you're doing that and yeah. Then, uh yeah that, i saw the presentation not not when you you no, performed I pr- it for I, me.
0: i practiced for you a little yeah, bit, yeah.
1: <laughs> twice <laughs> or i'm just picturing me like sneaking into the uh into the teachers convention with a, with a fake mustache on <laughs> i mean they don't know i'm not a teacher do you need to show that you're a teacher no oh, i could have just shown up you could have i should have you should have so yeah yeah but uh yeah it, feel, it felt good to did it feel good to finally
0: it felt good i mean i wasn't this is the part that i thought was weird i wasn't nervous at mm. all and like i I get very anxious and nervous when I have to, like, give a speech or a presentation to adults. Yeah. Teenagers, not so much because they're not real people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but adults, I get very nervous about it. But I, until the last, like, 30 seconds, not 30 seconds, like, last 30 minutes, yeah. um, my one friend had mentioned something. I don't remember what she had said, but about the presentations. And it kind of triggered me. And then I got very nervous. Um, but that was like very fleeting. It only lasted for about 10 minutes. And then I gave my presentation and I, I wasn't feeling nervous. My body was responding in a nervous way. Like, like I. feed you your pants. No, like I was sweaty and out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but like my heart didn't feel like it was racing. So yeah. it was weird. Like I was having like kind of like a physical reaction, but also not, if mm. that makes sense. I don't yeah, know. It was yeah. really it was Inter- interesting. Interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I'm very proud of you. Yeah, uh, thank you. To be able to... Kind
0: of. Oh, and Larry came and watched. Yeah, that was so sweet. Yes,
1: that Larry's a girl also. Yeah, just, yeah. I'm not like who the fuck is Larry?
0: <laughs> I would hope you wouldn't be like, who no. is this man?
1: Yeah. um Also, side note, just about my <coughs> ADHD. Oh, we're back to potentially. Well, I I'm just teasing. I had a thought. Yeah. That you know the, the audience who listens to this, they don't like, they don't see me in my day to day, but no. all they get is an a half an hour every week of me talking i wonder if people are like oh yeah that makes sense <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah let <it laughs> write s- in and tell us what just you think how
1: scatterbrained and stuff my stuff maybe comes across so maybe uh yeah so let's get into it
0: yeah so as i was trying to think about what to write about for this topic because it was wicked wednesday and i wasn't sure what was wicked that i was going to research i typed wicked history into the google's And I found a whole-ass book series of biographies for wicked people. Mm. Uh, They're written by Enid A. Goldberg and published by Scholastic. And my little nerdy grade 8 heart went, I fucking need that. Book fairs. Exactly. You got it. You got it. So, like, look at this cover. I'm going to get you to describe that to them. Oh.
1: (laughs) 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 Okay. So, uh, picture someone... Oh, well, okay. the The title is A Wicked History... Vlad the Impaler, yeah, you the him. real Count Dracula, yeah, from our episode, uh, Daddy Vlad.
0: Daddy Vlad. <laughs> and
1: on it is a man roughly the size of Lord Farquaad from <laughs> Shrek.
0: Yeah, that's a great description. Yeah,
1: thank you. And uh, he's got kind of a crown like, uh, you know, Lord Farquaad would as well, long hair. He's got really long hair, a green sort of, it's not meant to be a bathrobe, but to me, it kind of looks like a bathrobe. It's yeah. got uh, it's green, and then it's got a, a gold trim. And in in center of it, like somebody uh, defaced this book, it, uh, like they were spray painting. It says "vicious," and then at the at the bottom, it says "Scholastic," which makes you think. God, I love book
0: fairs. I, I, I love book fairs. I don't think you even know. No. Well, okay.
1: If I love book fairs, someone who doesn't read <laughs> or or shall I say can't read. That's right. Uh, I, I can't imagine what they meant to you.
0: Yeah, they were uh, like just a dream. So anyways, I saw this and the whole series um, and and they're like probably 150 pages, like very quick reads. Mm-hmm. They're written for grade eights. Um, I want all of them. Really? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So it could be a Christmas gift. How
1: how many books are there?
0: I don't know. There's like probably like thirty in the series. Yeah. So, um, Christmas gift, listener gift, who knows? Yeah. (laughs) We'll
1: we'll put our Amazon shop list on our website. Mm. That's what. That's what that's what uh people from uh you know the youtubes and stuff do that's they're true. like oh i got my amazon shop list buy me shit
0: <laughs> that's true so so we could post that although i don't think you can get these on amazon i think that they're only through scholastic oh weird yeah so i struggle to find wicked wednesday topics <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and listeners, if you have any, please, yeah. please send them to me. I don't know what to do for Wicked really? Wednesdays. I
1: feel like that'd be the easier topic to do because you just look up, like, you know, any form of, I mean, true crime podcasts are a thing for a reason, right? There's so many of them. Yeah,
0: but You don't I, want to necessarily
1: do just true crime? No,
0: I I, I want to do, like, his, I want to keep the historical thing. So, like, this is historical because he is known as, like, America's first serial killer. Um... Like, I want there to be, like, a historical part to it. And I I feel weird talking about recent crimes. Mm. Like, the Armin Maivas and Barn Brand's cannibal one. Oh, is... Like, <laughs> that one obviously was weird. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily know that I want to go in that, like, kind of a salacious way. You know? Yeah, it gets the listens, but yeah. I feel bad about victims, the victims.
1: But see, dear, what you're yes, not dear. getting is that we're sellouts. Right. I don't care about victims. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: that's so As bad. long as
1: we get the views. Yeah. Fuck them.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. So my friend, she was commenting about how she doesn't think she's ever met somebody who just says anything that's on their mind as much as you.
1: Oh, really? Who? Yeah
0: uh tracy who i work with oh yeah yeah? she was mentioning she's like he just has no filter i was like yeah and i have to edit out some of the stuff that he says. yeah (laughs) i've
1: said lots worse i know sometimes i catch myself saying something and i'm like yeah can you just can you edit that out i'm not even gonna go (laughs) down that rabbit hole because it makes me seem a lot worse than Mm -hmm. i want to appear Mm -hmm. to you all so
0: yeah you are a sellout and you probably don't care you're all about the views clearly yes (laughs) yeah anyways so, H.H. H. Holmes is known as America's first serial killer, and according to some claims, they say he killed up to 200 people inside his macabre hotel. But was this true, or was it just sensationalized storytelling? This, w-
1: this wasn't the guy who put the, like, the dungeon in the hotel. That was a guy. A no, that's guy. him. Really? that yeah. that like Is this the one that American Horror Story Season 5 is based off of?
0: Never seen that.
1: But it's it's hotel, so they hide bodies in the hotel um like a similar thing.
0: You know what, we should look that up. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure this cuz when he said hotel or or castle Okay, or... you
0: keep talking, I'm going to Google.
1: <sighs> okay, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to vamp right here. So vamp. Vamp. I like vampire. <laughs> I'm supposed to
0: turn <laughs> into a vampire here. <laughs> it's not bad. It's like you're pooping. No, I'm trying to turn into a vampire. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so the Cecil Hotel <sighs>
1: Okay, is what American Horror Story 5 is. Okay, this was that was tough. Yeah. Uh, You've heard it here first, listeners. I am not a vampire.
0: That's great. Is it, though? I don't know. <laughs> is it? Yeah.
1: Okay, so this is something different.
0: But this guy, they did say that he had a dungeon torture chamber in his hotel, so maybe they might have taken some... Well, who
1: doesn't? I <laughs>
0: right just what everyone needs there was yeah. a joke there i missed it but...
1: sorry i mean that was uh, to be honest you should add to that part <laughs> Ooh, yeah it was embarrassing that was awkward me. okay really continue
0: but um the, the the thing is that which i find really interesting and we're going to talk about in when we get to it but like the fact that a lot of the newspaper articles from about this guy at this time were just like made up so Oh, it's hard to say whether or not. he. So actually...
1: similar to, uh, you know, how uh, tabloids are today. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. So anyways. So, yeah. Herman Webster Mudgegit. <laughs> what, what a stupid name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, better known as Dr. Henry Howard Holmes, H.H. Holmes. Yeah, that's a lot better. Yeah, was a con artist and serial killer and the subject of more than 50 lawsuits in the Chicago area alone. Until his execution in 1896, he chose a career of crime, including insurance fraud, swindling, check forging, and either being part of three or four bigamous illegal marriages, murder, and horse theft.
1: Bigamous. I learned that word recently from okay. my, my friend because I was like, I'm going to bang your mom. What? <laughs> well, not actually. Stop
0: <laughs> Stop it. <laughs>
1: uh anyways bigamist married like two married to more than one person married to more than one person i didn't say i was gonna marry her mom okay yeah so if
0: you just bang that person yeah you're not married so you're not a bigamist. no i'd just be
1: divorced that's correct
0: <laughs> but, maybe even dead maybe even dead who Probably knows what that i would one. do <laughs> uh, all right so holmes or mr Mudgeget, as he was known at this time mm. was born in new hampshire 1861 to english immigrants he was the third-born child in a farming family of devout Methodists. It is said that at an early age, he was fascinated with skeletons and allegedly trapped animals and performed surgery on them. Some accounts of his life even suggest that he killed a childhood playmate. Again, it's hard to say because a lot of this could have been made up.
1: I like that version, though.
0: That's fair. I figured you would. I figured you're probably just going to listen to the made-up virgin version.
1: I <laughs> I always make a listen to made-up virgins, you know? <laughs> He's like, I'm a virgin. And I'm like, I believe you. <laughs> Stop it.
0: Okay. At the age of 16, Mudgett graduated from Phillips Exeter Academy and took a variety of teaching jobs in the area, which I was like, 16-year-olds can teach? All right. <laughs> he then changed his name to Henry Howard Holmes after Sherlock Holmes.
1: Oh, okay. I was wondering uh, if it was, you know, like, his, like the, his brother that he never talks about or something, you know?
0: Yeah, no. He was married in 1878 and had a son named robert and so if you're doing the math he was married at 17
1: also that uh, that sentence i just said makes it think sherlock holmes isn't real hey no he's in a book (laughs) yeah yeah okay i was like the sentence i said made it seem like i believe that sherlock holmes is a real person (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like i'm fairly certain he's not
0: but maybe he's
1: so i just want to clarify for that okay go ahead
0: Holmes then went to the University of Vermont at 18, but was dissatisfied with the school and left after one year. In 1882, he entered the University of Michigan's Department of Medicine and Surgery and graduated in 1884. While he was enrolled, he worked in the anatomy lab under Professor William James Herdman, and the two were said to have been engaged in grave robbing in order to supply medical cadavers, but also to sell these cadavers to other medical schools or to use them in complicated life insurance scams. It
1: sounds, seriously, like, uh, this, is, this is both a joke and a true thing, is that that, uh, that sounds like an old-timey version of Breaking
0: Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's like Housemates described Holmes as treating his wife violently, and in 1884, before Holmes's graduation, she moved back to New Hampshire and effectively cut ties with him. In late 1886, while he was still married to his wife, Clara, Holmes then married Murda Belknap. While
1: well, he was still married? Yes. Oh, right, because he said he was a bigamist.
0: Yes, and so like she, he was violent with Clara, the first wife, yeah. um, and so she was like, bye, and she went back to New Hampshire, and Good so he was her. like, oh, I'm going to get married to this murder lady. Mm-hmm. So he did try to file for divorce from Clara a few weeks after marrying Murda, um, alleging infidelity on Clara's part, but those mm-hmm. claims could not be proven, so the suit went nowhere, uh, and then surviving paperwork indicates that Clara was probably never even informed of the divorce. And it was never finalized. How do you
1: prove when someone is committing infidelity? (laughs) I don't know.
0: I don't know. Yeah. In 1885, he then moved to Chicago, where he got a job working at a pharmacy. Some sources say that he bought the pharmacy, but others say he inherited it when the owner died. But like I've said, a lot of history has been obscured from tabloids at the time and also from Holmes's own autobiography, in which he included many falsehoods and exaggerations in order to encrust, I love that word, encrust his story with legend and lore. <laughs> so he has ended up with this pharmacy in the Englewood District in Chicago, and across the street from his pharmacy, he constructed a building that would later factor in prominently to the tales of his atrocities. Construction began in 1887 for a two-story mixed-use building with apartments on the second floor and retail spaces in there as well. In 1892, he added a third floor, which, like, sources say that it wasn't finished, but they talk about that he used it as a hotel. So I don't know if it was, like, not completed and they just, like, rented out some of the rooms as hotels. I don't Mm. really know. so. So in 1892, he added a third floor, telling investors and suppliers that he intended to use it as a hotel during the upcoming World's Columbian Exposition in 1893. However, the hotel portion was started but never completed, probably due to Holmes's swindling. To furnish his enormous castle, as he called it, Holmes bought items on credit and hid them whenever creditors came calling. On one occasion, workers from a local furniture company arrived to repossess it properly, only to find the building completely empty. <laughs> Just, I
1: thought you were going to say gone. <laughs> I was like, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, the furniture was gone. Yeah. A janitor bribed by the furniture company eventually revealed that Holmes had moved, had moved all of his furnishing into a single room and then walled up its door to void detection. Huh. So very cheap, and I was like, maybe Dakota would like to do that one day. Dude, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Although it sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. I'm
1: willing to pay if I don't have to do as much work. That's fair.
0: <laughs> Described as debonair and abnormally charismatic, Holmes nevertheless elicited lingering unease among many he encountered. Still, his charm was substantial, enabling him to pull off financial schemes and for a time to get away with murder. He was even able to marry for a third time to Georgina York in 1894 without attracting suspicion.
1: Was he divorced at this point or no? I don't no? think so. Oh, so he's he's a three-time bigamist. Yeah.
0: As an employee later remembered, quote, Holmes used to tell me he had a lawyer paid to keep him out of trouble, but it always seemed to me that it was the courteous, audacious, rascality, rascality rascal, <laughs> rascality. <laughs>
1: He's a rapscallion. I was
0: like, this is a strange word. This is the word that I said to you last night when I was typing. I was like, I like this word. Oh, really? <laughs> <was>
1: like, rascality. Rascalid.
0: Rascal. Rascality. It was the audacious rascality of the fellow that pulled him through. He was the only man in the United States that could do what he did. So, Holmes was involved in a variety of fraud schemes. Uh, He would, like, swindle people out of money lots, and he had 50 charges laid against him. Oh. But it was actually his involvement in a horse swindle in Texas that led police to arrest him in Boston in 1894. So, what were they arresting him for, you might ask? Because I haven't really gotten into him killing anybody. Right,
1: right. What were they arresting him for?
0: Yeah. So, he was actually being investigated... For the murder, the suspected murder, of his scammer associate, a man named Benjamin Peitzel. Peitzel was a carpenter with a criminal past and whom Holmes used as his right-hand man for several criminal schemes prior to Peitzel's death. So I'm going to tell you about Peitzel's death. And I want to give a little caveat here is that I didn't go into the other murders... Why did
1: you do quotations? Did he kill anyone
0: else? Well, that's the thing. Oh. Is that a lot of these murders were, like, made up, and they're like, I remember hearing screams coming from the castle, and he tortured people, and he, Mm. like, threw bodies down the chutes, but, like, none of that can be proven. Oh, really? Yeah, so I I could have done this episode in a different way and be like, Mm. these were the rumors, but I wanted to focus mostly on what could actually be proven. So they didn't find any bodies? They did. But in the, the dungeon? They found a child small child skeleton
1: well everyone's got one of those
0: (laughs) yeah and i do i I do talk about who they think that skeleton belonged to oh yeah but i there there are other people that like went missing and disappeared from his hotel and from um his neighborhood Mm -hmm. and he admitted to murdering a bunch of people but then some of them were actually still alive so
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah jimbo from down the block He's dead.
0: <laughs> I got Hi, guys. It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <I got> <laughs> Kimball, what are you doing here? <laughs> but I will. So I'm going to tell you the story of yeah. these people that we do know for sure that he oh, killed. Okay, sure. So, um, Peitzel uh, is the Benjamin Peitzel. So we know that he killed him. So Peitzel had agreed to fake his own death so that his wife, Peitzel's wife, could collect on a $10,000 insurance policy, which she was going to split with Holmes. So they needed Holmes so that he could get the bodies. The scheme called for Peitzel to set himself up as an inventor and then be killed and disfigured in a lab explosion. Holmes was to find an appropriate cadaver to play the role of dead body. Instead, Holmes killed Peitzel by knocking him unconscious with chloroform and setting his body on fire. However, forensic evidence presented at Holmes's later trial showed that the chloroform had been administered after Peitzel's death. Mm. So he just set him on fire and then Oof. put the chloroform on him. yeah
1: wait so so sorry he was supposed to make it look like he died but then he actually killed him
0: yeah so the scheme was that peitzel was gonna go be like i'm an inventor i need um life insurance and they would give it to him and then there would be holmes would go get a body because we know that he's done grave robbing before and then he would set the body on fire and like make it disfigured and then holmes and the wife peitzel's wife would be like oh look he's dead and then, well, the wife actually would be like, oh, look, he's dead. My
1: poor husband. Yes.
0: <laughs> he died. <laughs> Give me the $10,000. Yeah. And then 5000 would go to the wife and 5000 would go to Holmes. Yeah. Um, because he had provided the, the cadaver. But instead, uh, he just killed Peitzel himself. Huh. Yeah.
1: Damn, is yeah. the wife upset?
0: <laughs> uh, Well, uh, let's get into that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Holmes then collected the insurance payout on the basis of the genuine Peitzel corpse. And so I think he was somehow scammed Peitzel to actually put him as the beneficiary. Mm. I didn't find that, but that's my best guess. Yeah. He then went on to manipulate Peitzel's unsuspecting wife into allowing three of her five children to be placed into his custody. Alice, oh. Nellie, and Howard. Oh, Nellie. Holmes and the three children traveled north into Canada. And while this was happening, Holmes was guiding slash luring Mrs. Peitzel along a parallel route. They even ended up in Detroit, basically one block from one another. And so I think she was trying to get the kids back and he was like, come here and I'll give them to you. And then like, just didn't show up with them. I'm
1: confused. Why does she, she want him to take the kids?
0: I don't know. And I could not find a single thing about like why this was allowed to happen.
1: That's so weird.
0: It's so weird. But so basically, yeah, he was just like, I've got your kids. Even though she like gave them to him. (laughs) I don't really know. Okay. Anyways. So he was also lying to her about her husband's death because she was probably being like, "Hey, where's my husband?" <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "Oh, she's in London, or he's in London." He did yeah. say that. He said he's in. He's London. in
1: London. He's in France now. You see my underpants,
0: <laughs> which would be even scarier. Yeah. Hey, okay. Holmes later confessed.
1: Oh, that's a dark imagery I just had.
0: <laughs> what did you? What did you say? Uh, the,
1: the oh god, I'm sorry for this, but his his underwear are made out of uh the husband's face
0: gross why i don't
1: know that's just what came to the imagery that came to my mind he's got
0: a really vivid imagination mr coda he does here yeah it was (laughs) yucky holmes later confessed to murdering alice and nelly by forcing them into a large trunk and locking them inside he drilled a hole in the lid of the trunk and put one end of a hose through the hole attaching the other end to a gas line to asphyxiate the girls Holmes then buried them in the cellar of his rental house in Toronto. A Philadelphia detective who had been assigned to investigate Holmes and to find the three missing children found the decomposed bodies of the two girls in the cellar of the Toronto home. He wrote, The deeper we dug, the more horrible the odor became, and when we reached the depth of three feet, we discovered what appeared to be the bone of the forearm of a human being. The detective then went to Indianapolis, where Holmes had rented a cottage, Holmes was reported to have visited a local pharmacy to purchase the drugs that he then used to kill young Howard. He then went to a repair shop to sharpen the knives, which he used to chop up the body before he burned it. And the boy's teeth and bits of bones were discovered in the house's chimney. Ooh. Yeah. Apparently, he killed these children in an attempt to cover up his insurance scheme, that he killed Peitzel. Although I'm not sure how that would cover it up. In the book, The Devil in the White City... The author chalks it up to a perverse game of cat and mouse for Holmes, who felt a sense of power while he was able to keep their mother following the children around the country. The source notes weren't super clear. Other early victims may have been a woman named Julia Smythe, who some sources claim was also his mistress. She and her husband had moved into Holmes's building and were working at the pharmacy's jewelry counter. After the husband found out about the affair, he quit his job and moved away, leaving Smythe and her daughter, Pearl, behind. Julia and Pearl disappeared on Christmas Eve of 1891. According to the book The Devil in the White City, Holmes paid a local man to remove the skin from the corpse of an unusually tall woman at around this time, and in fact Julia was almost six feet tall. Then he sold the skeleton to a medical school. In 1892, two young women who were working in the building also vanished. So those are some of the victims that were thought to be Holmes's,
1: But not confirmed.
0: Uh, they're pretty sure about Julia and Pearl because, like I said, that child skeleton, they're pretty mm-hmm. sure it was her Pearl's skeleton.
1: I'm picturing Pearl as, uh, in small, SpongeBob SquarePants, there's a character named Pearl and she's a giant whale.
0: Yeah, that's probably it.
1: Yeah, she's like a whale, right? Like a cartoon whale. That's who she is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and her dad's a crab.
0: <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah that's or her
1: dad has crabs i don't i always get that confused
0: <laughs> yep so back to july 1895 we were we left with alice and Nellie's bodies so the chicago police and reporters began to investigate holmes's building which is when they found that child skeleton and they now locally referred to the building as the castle or the murder castle Newspapers began printing lurid stories about the alleged murder castle, claiming that Holmes had outfitted it with trap doors and secret rooms in order to torture and kill guests. However, these claims were sensationalized due to the practice of something called yellow journalism, which was in fashion in the 1890s, which involved exaggerating or simply making up news stories. Oh. Yes. So what I wanted to talk about quickly here is like, I feel like there is a journalistic code of ethics and I think it probably came out of stuff where people are like, we're just going to make this shit up because yeah. we can. And I think it it makes me think about like how, yeah, we kind of suck at using social media right now and people can just do whatever they want. But I think that one day we might have laws and rules around social media and how it can be used similar to how like, you know, when newspapers first became a thing, they were like, sure, let's just make stuff up. Yeah,
1: I mean, when a new a new form of you know, thing... I mean, and for instance, texting and driving used to be illegal, right? Like, there was no law against it, right? right? Until, like, I want to say, like, 2009? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, they got to make new laws as new shit comes up in life, so... <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, that was just something interesting, I thought. Without any evidence, newspapers claimed that Holmes used his building's chute to transport bodies to the basement... And these stories turned Holmes's building into an elaborate torture dungeon outfitted with gas pipes to asphyxiate victims and soundproof rooms to hide their screams. Again, it's not necessarily true. And it is these myths that can obscure the stories of Holmes's actual likely victims. Two of the earliest were Julia Smythe and her six-year-old daughter, Pearl, uh, which we've already talked about. And during his life, Holmes alternatively denied killing Julia and then confessed to accidentally killing her while performing an abortion. And it's still unclear what actually happened to her and Pearl, but there was that child skeleton. Holmes himself admitted to murdering 27 people, but some of those that he confessed to killing were actually still alive. And then he also confessed to six attempted murders. However, it turns out that Holmes was paid $7,500 for this confession and the confession itself was quickly found to be mostly nonsense. The evidence for Holmes's murders of Ben Peitzel and his young children, Howard, Nellie, and Alice, in 1894, is the most solid. And even so, investigators only tried and convicted him for Ben's murder. Holmes received the death sentence in 1896 and died by hanging in Philadelphia, about a week before his 35th birthday. <laughs>
1: In West Philadelphia, where I was hung and raised. (laughs) Hanged and raised, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to be hung. That's a... It 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 should be hung. I just want to, like, for the grammatic... Sorry, there's a whole side tangent, but uh, I don't have ADHD, I swear. But but instead of hanged, hanged sounds stupid.
0: I do think that the way we grammatically talk about hanged in the past tense it doesn't make sense to me yeah. i agree with you
1: yeah thank you anyways in west philadelphia where i was hanged and raised doesn't make sense you know what i don't ha- i didn't have a lot of time to come <laughs> up with this song sorry but anyways there is a lot of parallels between this and fresh prince of bel-era just saying great i agreed. okay
0: yeah at the killer's request he was buried 10 feet below ground in a cement filled pine coffin because he was worried about grave robbers
1: yeah that that makes sense he's like I've seen I've witnessed this firsthand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so Dakota what do you think I thought it
1: was pretty interesting okay. Um, you know yeah I wish that he would have not that I wish he would have
0: killed more people
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like I guess that would make the story more interesting, interesting right you yeah. know again yeah, if it was like a story but yeah. this is like real life yeah but like the stuff we see in tv is so much better (laughs) than what we get in reality so uh so i don't have a problem i swear so and then he's like he's got this like just the third level of his place is a hotel yeah i'm like if i was the coding guy i'd be like Think you're looking for like a motel, sir? <laughs> <laughs> this is not a hotel. Because <laughs> what's the difference between a motel and a hotel?
0: I mean, I have no idea.
1: <laughs> Typically, a motel to me is like one, maybe two levels. Mm-hmm. A hotel's, you know, a lot more. Many so, levels. That's true. The point is, I didn't like that aspect of it.
0: He should have done better at hotel building. So, or
1: called it what it is, a motel.
0: Well, so so I didn't really write about this, but a lot of people think that he was just trying to. Um, scam people that way so he would go to people investors and be like i'm building a hotel give me ten thousand dollars and they'd be like, great okay yeah here's this ten thousand dollars i
1: guess so If he would have been like i'm building a motel they wouldn't <laughs> have, they wouldn't have given it all to him so the real scam was that he called it a hotel when it's actually a motel yes yeah. so um, That's true. okay uh <laughs> i got this i got the zinger i got the zinger okay, okay. i'm giving this 7.5 Motel California <laughs> out of 10. <laughs> Perfect.
0: You uh, know, honestly, as I was reading it back, I didn't yeah. think it was that good. So I, f- I think a 7.5 is spot on the nose. Uh, I,
1: th- I mean, I thought it was fairly interesting. I, I don't w- know.
0: You've been giving me eights lately. so
1: I guess so. You've been uh, too big for your britches. You're getting too big for your britches. It's true. Whatever the hell a britch is.
0: How your do pants. we have this conversation before? Pants. Britches or pants?
1: Right. Did we have that conversation in the I don't pants think so. episode?
0: We I feel like we've talked episode. about your
1: britches before. Because I I think I've told you that you're getting too big for your britches.
0: I mean I know you said that to me in my life at one point.
1: Yeah, because but... it's true. Settle the fuck down, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, seven point five. I
0: thought it was
1: uh I thought it was decent. You know, it was uh um I don't think it uh maybe lived up to a lot of the woo wee week it Wednesday really didn't moniker but
0: well as a murderer
1: but as but as as an episode, as far as episodes goes fairly interesting
0: great well that's all we have for this week we'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us if you enjoyed listening to what we had to say please download our podcast from wherever you get your podcasts leave a review or tell your friends about us because indie podcasts really do grow through word of mouth
1: and if you want to stay in contact, you can follow us on Instagram at The Reluctant Historian, or leave us a tip at buymeacoffee.com slash thehistorian. You can also shoot us an email with future show ideas or corrections you may have noted to the reluctant Historian at gmail.com.
0: So, we'll see you next week, same time, same place. Welcome, Welcome to,
1: to the Motel, California. Such, Such a lovely place. place. Such a lovely place. you get murdered in face. your face.